I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Jay Dabina, Fraud System Administrator Manager at Jack Henry and Associates. An expert in fraud, what are the trends you're seeing in financial fraud now? My area of expertise uh, mainly is debit and credit card fraud, and specifically the prevention of it. Uh, the some of the trends that we're seeing nowadays, it isn't just about stealing somebody's card and using it, stealing somebody's card information and using it. It's fraudsters really trying hard to get around the controls of prevention itself. Uh, you know, since prevention is certainly prevalent, everybody has it. Everybody's got companies like us that are looking out for them to try to deny uh, suspicious activity, verify items of cardholders. The, the biggest and scariest trends are fraudsters trying to manipulate cardholders to verify activity or trying to verify activity on their behalf in order to get around the controls to commit fraud. This is what you're calling social engineering, I guess? Correct. Social engineering being, you know, they're contacting the cardholder, they're spoofing the phone number of their bank, calling them and saying, hi, I'm calling from uh, IBS Intelligence Bank, I'm calling from their security department. And, you know, we have uh, some questions, we want to run and know some things by you. Uh, am I speaking with Jay Dabina? Uh, okay, let me let me verify what is your your social security number so I can verify I'm talking to the right person. You know, any way that they can get get to talk to that cardholder, get them relaxed, think that there's somebody legitimate to start giving away their personal information, and then using that against them to commit fraud is uh, is the scariest thing right now. And there's nothing in a sense, that you as a technology firm can do about that because it's down to the human being and human beings are notoriously not capable sometimes of discerning what they should discern. Absolutely correct. Uh, and even worse, it doesn't even take a very intelligent criminal to do this. We're very willing to give away this information. I like to use the examples of social media you can hack most people by looking at their social media profiles. They're very willing to put out information that is used on just about every security question known to man on most financial institution websites. Uh, mother's made a name. That one's easy. Look for the happy birthday mom post on social media, and mom might have posted her maiden name out there. Where'd you go to high school? What kind of car did you have? Uh, so it's, it's not even that it takes a whole lot to do this. Criminals that can easily just go onto somebody's social media account to steal it. And then you're right, a company like mine, whose part of their business is verifying and working with that cardholder, where well, we only know that cardholder as well as the information that's being verified. So if I have enough information on uh, you, I can certainly convince your bank that I am you just by being able to answer some questions and verify security. And there's no getting around the fact that this is a case of where we have to educate the consumer. It's not something that can be fixed by technology. Tell me about card cracking. Card cracking is a, a very interesting trend. So I became very familiar with it. So I'm, I've worked for Jack Henry for you know going on four years now, but I spent 13 years prior to that working for financial institutions in the United States in Pennsylvania. Uh, helps our security area in doing certain investigations uh, into not just the card uh, piece itself, 
but also bad check deposits being made into uh, ATMs, empty envelope uh, deposits on old envelope machines. Those have been essentially done away with. But the card cracking is kind of a combination of card fraud plus uh, social engineering in a sense that they are fraudsters will go and recruit people. So it mainly originated in Chicago uh, in the United States to where they would go to, especially college campuses. It doesn't take much to pretend to be a college student, right? You know, just have someone that looking young enough, dress a little scruffy in some sweatpants and walk around with a backpack. Yeah, I'm sorry. That rules me out straight away. I don't think I look young enough anymore. <laughs> That's all right. You know what? With a with a mask on nowadays, you almost can't even tell. Just put a hat on and a mask. No one will ever know. But but it's it's so easy to walk on a college campus. My wife works for a college, so you know it's I visit it all the time. I see it. And if you can just strike up a conversation with somebody, you know, what college student does doesn't need a little beer money, you know, here and there. So offer a way for them to be like, hey, you know, you need a couple extra bucks. Well, I have a friend who introduced me to somebody that helped me get some extra money on doing something that is completely uh, on the level here. And of course, they're always, anytime somebody prefaces something and saying that, oh, it's on the level, it's totally legal, guarantee you it's probably not legal if they have to qualify that at the beginning of a conversation, right? So it's the scam involves them selling you their debit or credit card along with their pin in exchange for money and a little bit of coaching say hey don't take a look at your account we're going to use this then go and tell your your bank give it about three four days and then tell them you lost your card they're going to review some transactions and anything that happens you didn't do because you didn't do it you know we will don't worry about it we're going to give you some money uh, this is just something that banks are insured for. It's victimless. You know, whatever they got to do to convince them to do that. Then once they have the card, they'll take a fraudulent check. You can go onto most the websites, just do a quick search, and you can probably print out a check, something that looks like it. Deposit it into an ATM. Most banks have a funds availability policy, so where so much needs to be available that day or the next day, and then withdraw the amount that they deposited. It's an easy scheme that usually nets criminals thousands of dollars each time that they do that. The hard part for a financial institution is that you you don't know, unless you are aware of this scam, all you see is that, yep, somebody lost their card. You know, maybe they told you they wrote the pin on the back of the card. I've certainly heard enough of that in my career. They're told not to do that. You know, I've, I've certainly asked some of them before, you know, do you take the, the key to your house to the front door? You know, that's kind of what you're doing there. Uh, and I didn't do these deposits. Why would somebody just go if I had a stolen card and not just go to the ATM and withdraw money? Why would I make a deposit? You know, there's a lot of questions for a bank person to ask, but if you're not familiar with it, well, how do you know the cardholder didn't participate in with it? So it's an easy scam. There's too many people willing to just get a couple extra bucks to, you know, on a quote unquote victimless crime uh, in order to do this. All right, let's, this is starting to depress me, but let's move on. <laughs> Sim swapping. Sim swapping is uh, another very interesting crime. Uh, kind of what I was talking about before, where it's not just a matter of committing the fraud itself. It's how do I get around the controls of it? So think about, you know, kind of part of what I do at Jack Henry is I run tech and ops for the area of fraud prevention that if we detect suspicious activity, we're going to send your, your mobile, you know, an SMS text message 
we're going to send you an email. We're going to send phone calls to you trying to verify that activity with the cardholder. But just about all of that is dependent on your mobile phone, correct? So what if, again, I had enough information because you just posted everything on social media. You just answered this nice little survey that's asking every single security question in there, you know, just for fun because, you know, all your, you saw your other friends posting it. So why not? Uh, and I can convince your mobile carrier that I am you. I'll go, oh gosh, you know, I, I lost my phone. It's gone. I can't find it. Um, I had an old one laying around. My brother, you know, had one that they gave to me because I can't afford to buy a new one right now. Can you swap my account over to this new phone? Essentially swap, swapping the account to the new SIM. Same problem that, you know, anybody has, right? You know, I, my verification is only as good as the information that I can verify. So if that person convinces me that I am you and I connect your mobile account to this new phone because you're telling me you lost your old one. Well, where's those alerts now going to? That text message, that phone call. They're now going to the new phone that will also pass any anti-check, uh, any anti-spoofing technology because it's the legitimate phone now that the mobile carrier has registered with everybody. So I said, it's not just a matter of committing fraud these days. That's easy. Anybody can do it. It's a matter of getting around the controls that are in place to continue to commit that fraud. Well, let's try and turn this conversation on its head, because as I said earlier, you are starting to impress me quite thoroughly <laughs> uh, about what's going on. How can this be prevented? How can the fraud be prevented? It's a lot of education. SIM swapping is very difficult to prevent. Uh, as the financial institution, as uh, the cardholder, uh, the end user of a SIM swap, the only thing that you're going to notice if somebody has hacked your information, switched uh, your account on your, your mobile provider, is that all of a sudden you're going to see no service in the top hand corner of your phone at one point. That's the only way you're going to know. Well, how are you going to alert your carrier that there's a problem? You can't call them now. Your phone's dead. You have to be able to go to a store to do it. Uh, it's a lot of education. And part of it is, uh, I keep coming back to social media. How much information of you are you willing to put out there? And I know people feel like it's their own little corner of the world that you know is protected and nobody is ever going to do bad stuff with the information that you're putting there. I'm just answering a survey. I'm just saying, happy birthday, mom. But how much of yourself are you willing to put out there that can be used against you? Think about things before you post, but if it comes back to a point you made, it's about education to the consumers. We're, we're very willing to have advertisements for just about everything, but how many advertisements are being made on, on TV uh, during a, a football game, during a hockey game, during the Olympics that educate people on what they really should not be doing. We know social media companies aren't doing it because they want you to post. You know, the more you post, the more that their, their companies grow and get big, they can attract advertisers and they make money. Uh, so it really is a lack of education to the consumer. For you know, college students are about the most vulnerable of those because they're they're young, they're being let out, you know, into the wild, you know, for the first time of real life under the umbrella of their parents. But there's nobody that's really helping them at most colleges and universities to really say, hey, here are the scams. Here is everything. I belong actually to a group 
Uh, it's an international group uh, for financial crime investigators called IAFCI, um, the International Association of Financial Crimes Investigators, and we work exactly to do this. There are pamphlets that we are willing to give to colleges and universities, to give to law enforcement, to help educate consumers on this. But that's that's the toughest part. Until we educate people that, hey, you know, your bank's not going to call you and ask for this information. Your bank's not going to try to get your social security uh, number from you the entire thing. They're not going to ask you for your PIN. They're not going to ask you for the three digits on the back of your card. Until people are not willing to just hand that information over, I will have great job security the rest of my career. And on that note, at least encouraging for you, Jay Dabina, Fraud System Administrator Manager at Jack Henry & Associates, thank you very much.